Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And oh boy, one of my favorite authors is here, John Esperian, author of Content DNA and Relentlessly Helpful Technical Copywriter. John, how are you doing over there in the UK? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Pillay. Loving the energy already. Uh, I'm doing well. We we are in the early throes of a third lockdown here. So people are just struggling to cope every day. And thank goodness for Zoom calls and, you know, podcasts and opportunities to connect online because we'd really be lost without them. So I'm doing fine. Thank you. Wow. So, you know, I actually forgot about that. So you guys are physically in another lockdown right now. Full, full lockdown. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, 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 I wasn't going to go there, but since you brought this up really quickly, you know, this, epi- this pandemic, as bad as it's been, has changed the culture of online business and marketing. I mean, it, content marketing, which may have been a, a choice, is like a, it's a must have now, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much a necessity. And all the businesses that were saying, we can't have our people work from home while they're having to test that and, and prove that actually that's not true at all. And they're, they're rethinking a lot of stuff right now. So yeah, in some, in some ways, some good stuff has come out of it. So yeah. who knows what's going to happen next, but yeah, we're, we're riding out the storm here. Wow. So I want to ask you how you became John Esperian. First of all, I'm going to open with this. I did not know you. You did not know me. I was looking for good books on content marketing. I came across your book, I checked you out, I looked at some things you did, and I was blown away. And every once in a while, I'll do the crazy thing of asking someone like you, or I think I've had Neil Patel or a few other really successful people to come on my show. And sometimes they say yes. (laughs) So I'm glad you're here. But I would love to know, how did you come up with things like your LinkedIn nerd approach, your, your, you say you're not a douche canoe. You know, you talk about these funny things and you're just like this guy who's written this book that I actually live by. I love your concept of, you know, content DNA. I just, it's powerful and we'll talk about that. But how did you get on this path? How did you become John Asperian? Yeah, well, I mean, my my background is being that guy who explains how stuff works and who tests stuff and fiddles with stuff. And more more than anything else, I love helping people understand how things work. So that's really my passion. And that that when I left the corporate world, that was the transferable skill. I'm the guy who can explain how stuff works. And I know that people seem to remember and like stuff more when you can make them smile a little bit. So it's just in my nature to, you know, talk about not just the people I want to serve, but the people I don't want to serve. So those are douche canoes to me. I don't, <laughs> I don't want, you know, as much as we, you know, you, the, your show is profitable happiness, right? But one of the, one of the important thing is, is not just to chase profit, let's say, yeah, but it's to avoid headaches, you know, nightmare clients who wants those. So if you have in mind that you you want to avoid the douche canoes, what is a douche canoe for your business? It's the person who drains your energy, who's really entitled. You want to avoid those people. So so I just put kind of funny spin on relatable concepts, I hope, 
and um and you know that that's what led to the creation of my book in part but um so yeah so i'm this techie nerdy guy who loves explaining how stuff works and that's where i find myself today is explaining how linkedin works and other platforms too well you know on that note of explaining how linkedin works or things work i remember one particular distinction i learned this in the corporate world about that person who knows how to take complex topics and just make them sound effortless and simple and that's the person you want on your team and you've done that in your book i mean i'm reading through these pages i'm like oh my goodness first of all the analogy of content's dna and the very yeah. simple explanations that follow you know tell us a little bit about how you got on the path of writing that book because i think it's yeah. very very well done well, I mean, it all came from a chance moment, really, when I was speaking on stage with my marketing mentor, uh, Mark Schaefer, who you should totally try to invite on the show if you can. He's a, he's a fantastic speaker. And he just asked me an unscripted question. He said, you know, you're in a market full of options. How are you going to remain relevant? And I just came out with this answer. I'm going to create relentlessly helpful content. And I don't know where that came from, but that stuck with me. And it became the, the, the kernel of an idea to build a brand around. And, and when people started echoing it back to me, I thought, it's like a song. I'm saying it. They're repeating it. Yeah, yeah. Something's working here. Yeah. And then I just developed it and developed it and came up with some other brand values. And it, it mirrored the kind of stuff I was telling my clients. You know, my clients come to me for copywriting they think they're hiring someone to write a thousand words. And I'm saying, no, hang on. What is your business about? What is your brand identity? What are you trying to, what are you trying to put into this world? What is your DNA? Mm. And they, they kind of like, Oh, uh, don't know. <laughs> um, so, so then we have to, we have to do a consultation to work that out so that we can say something that is truthful, authentic, you know, representative of them. And I thought, well, I keep saying these same things all the time. Let's codify it in a book. At this stage, I'd been a writer for 10 years already. So mm -hmm. it felt like it was time. It was time for me to put 10 years of knowledge uh, into a book. So, so there we are. That's how it started. You know, I'm going to take a guess that when you help people and you can sort of see it in their response and in their eyes, I'm going to guess that actually makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I love it. I love when someone does that thing where they go, oh, I don't get this. And then I say something to them and they go, why didn't someone just say it like that six yeah. months ago or whatever? That's a, it's a great feeling when, when you see the light bulb going off. And by the way, it's not a feeling everyone shares. Not everyone is built like that. Okay, and no. that's why it becomes a unique identifying thing for you. Um, you know, give me a sense of some of the content of the book. Um, I know quite a lot about it because I've read it, I've studied, and I'm implementing some of your advice, to yeah. be honest with you. But yeah. tell us how you came up with the concept of DNA and that analogy, because that's powerful. Well, yeah, I mean, when I was in school, I kind of wanted to be a biochemist. And I was always interested in science, chemistry, biology, all of those kind of, all of the sciences, right? And I thought to myself, I made an analogy one day that, you know, that there's only a few different things that will differentiate your business, just in the same way that there's only a few different things that differentiate living beings. Mm -hmm. They've got this code of four chemicals, but the sequence that you put them in means that you get all sorts of different things. And I said, well, maybe a brand can have DNA, mm. right? And, and I realized that in a market that's full of options with, with you know, so much competition out there, 
that if you can be known for one thing and be really clear about what your DNA is so that every time you show up, every time you go on a Zoom call, every time you're on a podcast, on a YouTube video, on a phone call, in person at a conference when those things happen again, meeting someone in a hotel lounge, it's always the same. So people know what to expect. There's no weird surprises. Because in today's world, I think people become more cynical than ever. And if you say something publicly and then they meet you privately and you're totally different, yeah. it's not going to work. And also they might tell their friends, they might tell social media, you know, this guy's full of it. <laughs> so you need to be really clear and simple about what you stand for. And remember that the other person will give you just a few seconds of their time. So if you can just be known as, hey, he's that fun cartoony guy on LinkedIn. Brilliant. That's it. Yeah, I'm done. You, you remembered me for that. I, I want to be pigeonholed. Yeah. You know, so, so, so a lot of people say, you know, I don't want to be typecast. I don't want to be pigeonholed. I don't want to be known for one thing. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Because otherwise you'll be like, oh, he's that, he does 17 different things and I can't remember, but I'll, yeah, I'll tell you about him tomorrow. You've lost. Yeah. You've lost. But if it's like, oh, it's Dr. Pele. He does his podcast with a guitar in the background. He sings on YouTube as well. Okay, he's that podcast guy. Fine, I'm going to remember him. So you just need a little bit of a little slice of someone's memory to be remembered. That's that's all it comes down to. You know, and and when you think about actually the idea of the shape of DNA, right, and the consistency of that shape and the uniqueness of that shape, all of those analogies work when it comes to defining your brand. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was a really great sort of equivalency between something very nerdy and scientific. And for those of us who like, you know, you know, proof and evidence and scientific stuff, it's just like a refreshing yeah. uh, way to think about it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about sort of what you do today in terms of um, your work, uh, the, the people you serve, who, who are the kinds of people you serve? What challenges do they have? Well, it, it's mostly B2B clients, okay? So it's not necessarily household names, but it's businesses that serve other businesses. And, and therefore, often their products are a little bit hard to get your head around and need a bit of explaining. So that's my, that's my skill. Mm -hmm. And those clients tend to be either, they're either really quite technical and so they're not really good at writing, they're good at, you know, if you give them a, a, you know, a coding panel, <laughs> yeah. see you later, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you say, explain how this works, they're, they're probably too close to it mm -hmm. that they might talk in jargon and you've got no idea what they're on about. Or their engineering teams are just so busy building a product or whatever, they don't have time to do it. Yeah. So it's a combination of you're either too close to it or, or you, you just don't have the linguistic skills or you're just rammed with, you know, we've got to get the app out next month. Who's going to write this? Uh, maybe you. So, so it's, it's, the, it's the combination of, of those things. So I'm doing that. And increasingly, because LinkedIn is such a B2B platform, mm -hmm. there's no point creating that content unless someone's going to see it. Uh, and so you need to create it in a way that makes it shareable, makes it interesting, and, and gets it out into the world. And LinkedIn is a great social network for business. So learning how to create content that, that moves through the LinkedIn network is, is, is what I've done and what I offer to my clients as well. You know, you, you talk about two particular um, sort of levers that we have control of if we want to, 
implement content marketing successfully anywhere. One of them is consistency. The other is congruency. Yeah. Could you explain those two? I mean, I think consistency is the one most people would be like, oh, I get it. Do it all the time or at a specific time. I mean, we get that. But why does consistency actually work? And then what do we mean by congruency? Well, I mean, consistency works. And, and anyone who thinks that they're going to get a six pack by going to the gym for one day, <laughs> we'll, we'll soon find out that consistency is kind of important to make it happen. Right? Hey, wait a second. I tried that this January. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this is January. And, you know, I, I gave I gave the analogy in the book about baking a cake. All right. So I'm not a baker. And if I yeah. bake a cake today, it's going to be a terrible cake and I'm not going to want to serve it to you. But if I know that I'm baking that same cake with that same recipe 365 days, yeah. if you come back to my house in a year, you're going to get a delicious cake. I know that you will. And that's the power of consistency. It's the drip drip effect of gradual improvement, commitment to something um, uh, it, that makes it really important. It makes it important psychologically. It's part of your life to turn up. Yeah, I'm going to turn up and create content. That's fine. Yeah. If you can bake it into your day somehow, then eventually the, the, the results will come. The other side of that is congruence, which is a term from mathematics, really, is about being the same shape. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really important because, as I said earlier, um, our, uh, you know, th there's a lot of competition for our attention these days. And so... If I turn up, I mean, we're talking on a Zoom call right now, but if I turned up with a load of colors that didn't match my brand, mm -hmm. then maybe you wouldn't think anything of it because it's the first time we've actually spoken. Mm -hmm. But then if we spoke again next week and I had a totally different background and I'm wearing different clothing, you're not going to associate any kind of visual look with me. Yeah. But a brand is at least partly visual. Mm -hmm. It's also in the things that you say. And if you keep saying the same things, people will have no option but eventually to remember it. And that's what you want. You want to be noticed, remembered, and ultimately you'll then become preferred. But if you're jumping around all over the place, lots of different platforms, lots of different looks, lots of different tones of voice, no one will be able to nail you down and say, this is what John stands for. This is what Dr. Pelé stands for. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know what you stand for, I don't think people can really buy into you. Mm -hmm. And and that's really kind of a core thing in business. You need to know what you stand for. You know, there's a term, and I don't know if it's unique to you or if you invented it, but there's a way you describe what most of us think of as know, like, and trust. You've added the word preferred, and I just heard you use it there. Um, that little addition to be preferred is so relevant today because it's not just about knowing you and liking you and trusting you. It's actually, you've got competition out there, right? So to be preferred is a more, it's a higher bar, isn't it? It, it really is. And um, yeah, the easier you can make it cognitively for the other person. Mm -hmm. So if you keep all of your variables the same, they know what they're going to get. And it's just easier to pick you. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's the reason why, you know, someone's in an unfamiliar city they'll go to a hotel they recognize or a restaurant they recognize because, you know, the layout of a McDonald's is always the same. Yeah. You know what you're going to get. What, what, you know, value judgment about the business might be separate possibly, but th 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 there's a certain psychological safety from knowing what you're going to get. Yeah. So if you say the same things, you know, people won't get surprised and therefore they're more likely to trust you. And if someone trusts you, 
uh, in the long run, they're more likely to prefer you or recommend you to someone else who, who can do business with you. So it, it, this stuff works. You know, as you're talking, I'm looking at the visual of both of us. You've got your signature blues, which are the same as your book, and you've got the angled, uh, angled, uh, all the angles, right? Everything. And then here I am with my, my guitar on my, <laughs> I'm always wearing this t shirt. People must yeah. think I only have one. <laughs> but yeah. and here's, here's, here's something I haven't said on a podcast before. What's that? Like, I've even thought about the angles, right? The angle is cut at 77 degrees because 1977 is my year of birth. So I, I wanted to put something numerically significant wow. into even the design, right? Wow. So no one, no one, no, I've, you're the first person I've told that on a podcast, but I, I've really thought about this stuff and it, it makes a big difference because people recognize me. You know, when I go to conferences, I don't know if your audience is ever going to see a, a snippet of this video. You know, I'm going to be wearing a shirt like this because that represents what you see on LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, it's all cartoon vibe going on and it's just all about consistency and congruence. It really works. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about LinkedIn since you brought up the nerdy sure. guy on the, on the t-shirt. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I uh, both have taken to LinkedIn very seriously. And by the way, let's talk about content marketing because when I first did my research, bought your book and was thinking about learning more about you, I saw your congruency everywhere. I saw your consistency. You were teaching about LinkedIn, but not just the normal stuff like, hey, you know, you got to build your profile and connect to people. You were talking about analytics. You were going deep into things most people don't talk about. So tell us if you would, how can people use LinkedIn? to begin a content marketing journey? Yeah, well, I think um, LinkedIn is all about, you know, we talk a lot about content marketing. Actually, LinkedIn is the best place in the world for conversation marketing. Mm. And that is the new way that I'm thinking about content marketing, because I think all good content starts a conversation and all good content moves because people are talking about it in some way. Right. So it, for example, if you, if you commit to creating content for your website, which you then put on LinkedIn, and that's a smart thing to do, you don't want to do double work, right? Yeah. Yeah. The only way that that content is really going to push through the LinkedIn network to be seen by your potential clients is if there is engagement. And that means liking, commenting, and sharing. And of those three, commenting is by far the most powerful on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Because what it signifies to LinkedIn is someone is pouring their time into this post. It takes a second to click the like button, but it might take a couple of minutes to write a really thoughtful, deep comment. And LinkedIn is able to see how much time people spend on content. And therefore, if you can get the conversation started, if you can write your content in the way that people want to engage with it, want to reply, want to add more information, um, that conversation marketing piece helps your content accelerate through the network. Mm -hmm. So that's one side. That's the public engagement. That's the public conversation. Mm -hmm. And the other side is the private conversation, the direct messages. Now, you'll probably remember that when we connected, I sent you a video. And I didn't send you a pre-recorded video. I recorded a video just for you. Personalized completely. Yeah. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So now... Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I use the voice notes feature, which is, I think, fantastic. You know, you can hold the mic button and talk for 60 seconds on mobile. But it's that thing about starting a conversation. 
you know, if I'd sent you a, a templated kind of, hey, Dr. Pillay, I'm a copywriter and uh, I'm a LinkedIn expert as well. And uh, go and check out my resources here. You know, you might not have replied to me at all, but seeing my face in a video to you means that you're more likely to to have responded and thankfully you did and now look what's happened we're on a podcast together you know you know i I just want to give you a plug with that because i learned i've learned that from you (laughs) now i'm trying to work that into my content marketing on the private side on the on the direct it was so powerful well, absolutely. I mean, and, and you're such a good content creator. That, I mean, I, I told you before we were recording that that video you did about the different camera styles, webcam versus a, a really good DSLR versus an iPhone. Mm-hmm. I was watching that thinking, wow, this guy's amazing. So obviously, you know your stuff on video creation. Why not put that skill in place when you message people? Now, now, now the detractors would say, well, I, I can't connect with 200 people a day and then send them a video no- message. And the mm-hmm. answer is, yeah, you can't. <laughs> connect with five people a day and send them a video message. And those people will get to know you mm-hmm. and maybe they'll do business with you or refer you to their friends who they know need your service. Yep. You don't need a massive network, but you need people to care about you. And mm-hmm. people won't care about you if you're just hitting connect, connect, connect. Connect. Yeah, and then and six months down the line, you need help. And they're like, who are you? You've never been in touch with me. Yeah, You, and, you, and, haven't, you haven't earned the social capital to ask people. So, 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 so that to make more human connections is what I'm saying. And it takes time to do that. And don't spam people, <laughs> right? Don't spam. You know, I mean, the, people do that so much. It's like ridiculous now. Um, but there's something you wrote in your book and you've written lots of things I, I, I wrote down, but in the time we have, and based on what you just said, I want to ask you about, you said boring is the new risky. Yeah. So, so, so for someone who's starting this journey, you know, <laughs> what, what's your thought about not being boring? <laughs> okay. So between 2014 and 2016, really all of the content I was putting out was very what I'd call suit and tie content. Mm. It was proper. It was professional. It was uncontroversial. It was let's make sure we don't offend anyone. It was let's make sure we do what what is the done thing to do in our industry, which is quite techy and nerdy and boring and everyone's wears a gray suit and no one's ever had a girlfriend, <laughs> right? It's, it's all of that, right? And guess what? <clears throat> no one noticed me because I was just doing the same as everyone else. Yeah. When I eventually realized that that wasn't working and I just kind of, I'd done it for long enough to just relax, breathe. Yeah. And I thought, what is, what is it to be me? I don't wear a suit and tie. So my, my content shouldn't wear a suit and tie. It's not me. I, I wear cartoons on my T-shirts and I wear jeans. That's me. That's what I need to be in the content. And, and the, the key insight here is that some people will hate that and that's okay. Yeah. Because you're not here to serve the world. You know, you're here to serve a specific audience. I heard someone say once, you know, if, you, if you're selling a cure to cancer that tastes like chocolate, you're serving the world. Mm. But most people in business aren't doing that. They're serving a very specific customer base. Mm-hmm. And so dial into that, 
think about who it is that you're serving. I, in the book, I talk about pen portraits. You, you imagine this person that you're serving and make your stuff for them. And if, if other people hate it, that's cool. You're not, you're not their jam. No problem. There's, 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 plenty of, there's plenty to go around. So, so just be confident enough to serve the person you want to serve by being yourself and let everything else slide. It, it's a difficult thing to implement because, I, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I, I, I hate people going, oh, yeah, that John, poof, he's a bit unprofessional with his, all, all his cartoons. Yeah. But the truth is I'm not going to be for everyone. And, I, and, and I'm okay with that because the people I am for know that I'm for them and they like me and I like them and it's all good. I can't, I can't remember where it is in your book, but you actually mentioned that the worst thing you want is to be hated for not being yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's better it's to be hated for being yourself than to just put on this show and people still hate you. Yeah, I think it's, is it Judy Garland? It's like, yeah. be a first-rate version of you rather than a second-rate version of someone else. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's just so awesome. Um, John, I want to ask you a little bit more about John and what makes okay. John happy. And, and I'll tell you why. You know my favorite topic is profitable happiness. And I love to get energy from, celebrate, and hang out with people who have taken the things they truly are, the authentic stuff, the, who, what they love, and yeah. they've put it in the path of yeah. their profit or their business. Yeah. How do you see that topic? What's your viewpoint on that? Well, I'll, I'll go back to something I touched on earlier, which is that when I was in school, I wanted to be a biochemist, okay? And one of my teachers said, you'll never get the grades. Give up on that. And so I did. Turns out I did get the grades and more than the grades I needed as well. I got the best grades in my year. Mm -hmm. So I could have actually done it, but I didn't. But what it's led to is a, a deep-seated desire to experiment. I love that. Okay, so I love original research. I love finding out how stuff works and trying to trying to unpick it and, and work out why does it work like that? What happens if I do this? You know? So when I see online systems and I get a chance to play with buttons and menus and, and get error messages and I break stuff and then I tell my friends, do you know what happens if you do this and that? I love that because I get a chance to experiment, right? And sometimes something amazing happens, like I'll discover a, a security hole or I'll, or I'll discover a cool feature that no one realized you could do or come up with a, a, a fun way of doing something that was really boring the other way. Yeah. So, so that, that is the, the guy who was going to be wearing a lab coat and the goggles and being a biochemist. He, that guy never lived, sadly. But the new version of that guy is still doing experiments and is still trying to help the world with those kind of discoveries. So that, that's kind of the way I've, I've brought it along, and it's, I'm really well, happy doing that kind well, of thing. Well, the transferable element there is the same guy used to be a nerd, still a nerd, and writing <laughs> books about content DNA. <laughs> I've got a girlfriend now, at least. But, well, and you have a girlfriend now. There you go. <laughs> so let's see. What, um, what are you excited about coming up soon and uh, – you know, do you have some new projects that you're working on? And yeah. how can people connect with you on those projects or on anything else? Sure. Online? So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm redoing my LinkedIn course. 
Uh, so that's going to be rebadged. It's going to be called the LinkedIn Leaders Playbook. And as, the, as of the time we're recording, we're still about a month or two away from that being launched. Mm-hmm. So it'll be early 2021 when that comes out. Um, and I'm also starting to scope out the, the, the topics for my second book, uh, which is going to be called Relentless. And the subtitle of that book is How to Win More Business by Being the Most Helpful Person in Your Industry. Wow. So this is going to be a more, it's probably going to be a shorter book that's full of short, actionable tips mm-hmm. based on what I do in my business. Because the feedback I got from Content DNA was amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 you know, I'm really happy with that. One of the things that people loved the most about the book is that each chapter starts with a get to the point section. Get to the point, exactly. Like a little right. blurb. So you get it yeah. over with right there. You can, you can refer back to it and it's, you know, it's all, it's all good, right? And I thought, what if I wrote a whole book that was essentially a load of super short chapters that were all get to the point? Interesting. So that's the approach I'm going to take because people probably don't have time to sit down and read a super long book. Mm-hmm. They want practical action. And so a short sharp set of lessons based on my experience over the last 10 plus years, I hope will go down well. So just the other day, I had my book cover um, design uh, finalized. So I'm happy to share that with you. And um, that'll be coming out, I hope, by the end of the year, still some some way of writing and editing and stuff to put together. But um, so so I've got those things ongoing. I'm, I'm very lucky to have an unusual surname. So if you search for Esperian, you'll either find my website, where I've got loads of free content writing and, and LinkedIn tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I, or you'll find my LinkedIn profile. And that's where, you know, that's where I spend most of my social media time. So feel free to come and uh, invite me to connect. But if you do, please say, I heard you on the Profitable Happiness podcast. Awesome. And read my about statement because there is a secret word hiding in there. And if you use that, I know that you've read my profile. So I'd appreciate that. You mean you don't want people just showing up and saying something generic? (laughs) Uh, No, I want personal all the way, if I can. All the way. No, that is so cool. First of all, I want to give you some quick feedback. Love the title, the one word title. I can just imagine what the cover looks like. I'd love to see it when you you have it. You said you have it ready? I'll send it over to you. It's just been signed off. Yeah, it's just been signed off. All right, that's that's great. Just one word, relentless, and then about being helpful. Yeah, that's it. That's that's my brand identity coming out, right? So it's yeah. just reinforcing that, but it's it's more practical lessons about how you can do the same thing. You can be that person who's known as being the most helpful person in your industry, and if you if you occupy that spot, then that that's got to lead to some kind of positive fulfillment. Absolutely. profitable happiness maybe there, there you go you know i mean uh you are living that life and I, i'm just so happy to learn from you and i really want to thank you for being a guest on our show i've really enjoyed it you're welcome it was an absolute pleasure anytime thanks for tuning in to the profitable happiness podcast for more episodes visit drpalay.com and remember get happy first and success will follow